For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That's right. House music. All right. Welcome to On My Bach Block O-Line Takeover with Mike Flanagan today. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you're enjoying, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can check out the video version of this on our, our YouTube channel, Process to Perform. Mike Flanagan is here. Packers, a future Packer Hall of Famer, Mike Flanagan. Mike, how are we doing? Uh, hey, sure. I don't know about that last part. Last night, you have no idea. I get no, I get no love on Twitter, but I put that out last night, and everyone was like, we love him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak. That's what people are worried about. I, well, listen, yeah, that and the, yeah, the, the cost of the, the carton of eggs, I think. Real quick, I got to do a, I got to do a quick bet online AG. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs, pro and college basketball, UFC, mixed martial arts. Why would they put UFC and mixed martial arts on these reads? Uh, esports and more. I know you, you always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is true. This is the worst written. Bet Online is the, truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the we- head to website today, okay, and use your mobile device to join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code Believe that's B L E A V to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. Mike Flanagan. Hey, so bet on lines are so we we have this betting thing, but you know you can only bet in like certain uh, in certain states. Like, I can't even bet in Texas. Really? In fact, yeah. In fact, so in my in my fantasy football league, with with all these NBA guys that we all went to London together, so they're from all over the world, right? And so this year, I go, I go, why are we doing fantasy football when we have we because we're dumb enough to actually put money in, right? But none of us care after like week four, right? Of course, yeah. So we all auto draft. Just it's just so you can talk to each other. So yeah. I said, why do we are why are we not just betting on? So we just started betting on games, but I realized. It was my idea to bet on games, but I can't actually fulfill the betting. I had, we had to do the guys in Australia and New Zealand and the only guys that could bet. I can't, you can't do that? Just be, get, a, get an app out of Vegas from one of the casinos and do it? No, you have to be in certain states to online bet. Uh, yeah. I thought, I, thought that, I thought that was Vegas' way of superseding finding way. As long as you come here and get our app, you can bet anywhere. You know. Yeah, I, I, well, so about one of my buddies is uh, high, pretty high up in FanDuel, and so I, I had him on the, the Prostitute Perform show, and we were talking blah, 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 and, I'm like, so can I get on right now? And he goes, well, where do you live? And I go, does that really matter? Because, you know, how would I know? Yeah. Goes, does that really matter? And, yeah, there's 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 about half the states you still can't bet in. No kidding. Well, I'm sure that's yeah. true. Well, that's because you, live, you live in Vegas, so it's like, well, yeah, it's second nature. Yeah. So, well, listen, my, uh, next, my next door neighbor's probably a bookie for all I know. Yeah. <laughs> your next neighbor. Who knows what your next door is? That's right. It could be the speculation there. That's a that's an entire episode in itself. Hey, listen. So, so Aaron, I don't even care about going into the Aaron Rodgers saga. I will say the best news of the day was that uh, Green Bay, after the the Demar Hamlin situation on the field in Cincinnati, the Packers are donating a hundred thousand dollars to buy defibrillators for all the local leagues around the area. I thought that was really that's like I you know, that quality. Was, hey, yeah, I you know, golf always, clap. That's quality move. <laughs> no, it, it is though, man. I mean, they get they get. I mean, it's a it's a hot topic button, but hot button issue right now. You know, obviously, in, uh, anything you do to help out, obviously, the NFL's not hurting for money to help out the communities is a good step on no brainer on their part. I always feel like the Green Bay. Somebody asked me this because you know it's, it it takes people a while to figure out that there's not an order for the Packers. Yeah, and it's like, what does that what does that mean? I go, well, there's nobody selfish. Like you know, there's no like somebody's <laughs> holding money. You know, no, the only thing selfish is protecting that G. That, yeah, that that's true. That's true. But like you think, and then, but I started thinking about it, and since, like, since I the the year you were drafted two years before me, so I don't, I, I'm pretty sure it was the same. But the year I got drafted, the, the year after that, they renovated that side of the building. Then a couple years later, they built the new side of the building, and then they renovated that, and then I left, and then I you left. But I, since then, they've gone like two or three more iterations. So they they pour money into that place. Oh. I mean, it's 
it's top notch. It's unbelievable. That's that's, that's a great one. Of the, I mean, one of the great things about that place. I mean, usually example of the remodeling that when you know they were doing the off season training and McCarthy didn't want the the only way to get from one was to drive by the in, with the trucks was to drive by uh, you know drive by golf carts which could make noise which could in theory interrupt off season training meetings which you know is only forty five minutes twice a week for like eight weeks. <coughs> so they just moved the, they moved the whole tunnel outside at a cost of like an extra ten million just to do that. They moved it back. Just so they might not be interrupted during team meetings. That's yeah, when you know you've got pull. Because, like, at that time, Mike's probably not even making $10 million, But, you know, <laughs> was, you know what I mean? Because, like, coaches weren't making that much then. But, well, you know, he's just like, like – I mean, it was the same thing, like, when they redid the Hudson Center. They, they started talking – when it was the old turf, they um, they started talking about it on Thursday, made a decision on Friday, and installed it on Monday. Like, it was that – you know, working your turnaround out. And you just, you can just cut right through all the red tape, huh? Yep. Go right to it. You got an idea. Here's the idea. Here's the presentation. Let's get it done. Okay, we'll start tomorrow. So the pack, the Packers lose lose out. They don't make the playoffs, Mike. And, and I think I'm trying to remember. I know that we didn't make it with Ray, right? Yeah. We we made it every year. You made it every year with Mike, obviously. Two Super Bowls and in the playoffs, San Francisco, except 2005. Yeah. So Sherman and tell the year that the year Marco and and Sharp and all we all left. Yeah. I think we made the playoffs every year, didn't we? Uh, every year, I think with that, yeah, with uh, Ray. I mean, obviously with Holmgren, yes. Ray Rhodes, yeah. Uh, no, and then yeah, Sherman. Sherman, at but, least for four years. Yeah, yeah, was, at least for four years. Yeah, it was it was a standard. It was a given. You never even thought about being. You're not you're not packing up your car early in Green Bay. You already need. No, no, no. You know, there's a lot of packing the day of the day the day you oh, lose. Yeah. Like the car's getting packed fast. But so I was going to ask you this question, and now it seems irrelevant because you really don't know. Because the answer is they fired the one coach that didn't make the playoffs, but. <laughs> So, so the one thing that's kind of prevalent in this, and I think this is just a this is like a function of the, the attention. To, it's just a different sport now. But when you see a team, and, and if you follow the Packers at all, like the, the same themes that the reason that they lose games last year, the same reasons they lose games this year, right? They just lost more this year because, yeah, for uh, any number of reasons. But when that happens, like you can kind of look at, are, are the you know you kind of go like, do the players want to be good? Are they playing hard? Um, like, do they know what they're supposed to be doing? And then what portion of that is the responsibility of the players? What portion of that is the responsibility of the coaching staff and they're ultimately the head coach? I always go to like Navy Jocko Wilnick, you know, extreme ownership. If you're the head coach, everything it's it's everything stops with you, right? Because you're you're basically you're you're buying the groceries, you're baking the bread. Like how do you how do you see that as a as a former player? When you look at a building like that, it's like this is multiple years now of even though they had success 13-3 in the regular season, multiple years of kind of underachieving. Like where do you – what do you – where does your mind go? My mind goes to Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously the, the core of that is Aaron Rodgers. You've had one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game. I mean, arguably, however you want to call him, whether he's, but whatever the label, he is in that discussion. And to only have won one Super Bowl with him is – is it, a, is it an Aaron problem? Is it a supporting problem? Is it a coaching problem? Ultimately, it's probably a little bit of little bit of everything, but yeah. you can find another coach. Finding another Aaron Rodgers is kind of tough to do. But granted, he's at the tail end of here. You know, I don't know how many more years he's got left, but it's uh, I think with the Packers have not gone all in on that like one season where hey, we only only got two or three years left. Then do everything we can. Let's see what we can get it before he goes. But that's just my own opinion. I mean, you know. I'm always, I'm always, I'm always right still, still a player. Do as much as you can for the players. So it's a little lopsided uh, thought. No, but it, it makes sense, right? Like, like how many, how many? Because right now, if you get rid of Aaron, so if like you were there, were you there when Brett left? No, I was there. I was Aaron's first year. I was, was my last. So it was okay, so so he was he was there for two he was there for two more years of of up and downs. Yeah. So, but you start, you started feeling yeah you started feeling the heat a little bit as far as like what was going on in the locker room there and and, and you know what the what the there wasn't social media at least it wasn't prevalent back then as it is now but certainly you know everybody's it, on the tip of everybody's tongue is like Willie won't he with Brett. Um, yeah, well, that was that's true, but we would also also with players. Oh, uh, Brett's going to do the retirement dance again. Roll the eyes and move on. Yeah, so. it's like who cares, right? Somebody was just asking me this on another show, and I go, "You got to say like we don't if we're if you don't ask us, we don't talk about it. We don't really care. It's not, <laughs> like we all have our own lives. The only thing I, I would say this though, and I, Brett was kind of this way too a little bit towards the end is if you're the best player in the team and you have the most notoriety and you make the most money and you have the most you know endorsement deals. And now you're like creating more um, energy around yourself. Sometimes guys are like, dude, just, you know, we, 
just give everybody else a little shine time or something. Not like, yeah. not like it, not like, I'm, I'm just talking about from an attention standpoint, you don't need to like say, Hey, Mike Flanagan's doing a great job. Wall's doing a great, that's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying the spotlight doesn't need to be on you 24 seven. But then again, at least I can't only speak for myself. I think you and I both, we've never been in that position. So maybe it's just like this hunger, this thirst that you need the spotlight on you all the time. I don't know. Where, or, well, there's that, the flip side, or you're so unaware of what you do that you don't even realize that you're happy. It's like Brett. I remember what you remember, uh, uh, Mike, oh, the DB we had, Mike. Uh, McKenzie? Yeah, McKenzie. And he went down, he, he he actually forced himself out of there. And Brett's up there saying that, you know, hey, I want this guy, you signed a contract, you should be here. Brett redid his deal every two years. You know, they right. always, you know, it's like, I mean, sometimes you got to be aware of who you are saying what you say. The, comes with the responsibility of being the greatest player in the Packers in the organization, the building, maybe in history, that kind of stuff. But I don't know. That I, I feel was. like I, I think I, so. I, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And then there's 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 how you are living, and then how everybody else is living. You might not understand. Like the king doesn't understand yeah. how the how the guy who's you know growing his potatoes is living. But at the same time, when you listen to Aaron Rodgers, he comes off as an extremely smart, calculating guy. Like he's I, he's like almost like a puppet master, right? Like he's putting stuff out. <laughs> He's literally like he reminds me kind of Trump, right? Trump would be like, he'd be like laying in bed, like throwing a tweet out and then turning on Fox News and seeing how fast they got to it. I feel like <laughs> Rogers just like doing the same thing on the McAfee show, just like throwing some stuff out. And then he sits back on his couch and like, all right, let's see. That's our today's entertainment. Let's see how this goes. You know? Uh, I can, yeah, I can, I can see some some of that. It's like, uh, it's like he, yeah, he, he seems he's very measured i guess is the word when it comes to, i don't think he's i don't think he's shooting from the cuff on some of this stuff i don't think he's no he's, you're, you're catching him in a weak moment where he's just speaking his mind he thinks his mind but he's also very aware of what he's saying and how i think in my opinion but once again i have certainly he certainly comes off as calculating certainly comes yeah, off as calculating. Sure, but yeah. that's not always a bad thing you know no no i think it's a, i actually think it's a great thing and i think the hard part is now is is you can get people will turn on you for for really just yeah. saying what you want to say yeah. right if he, I, I would imagine that he has something that he really just wants to say, and it probably is not. It's, it would be controversial to someone, and so it's like easier for him to just kind of let's let other people come to the conclusion that I want you to come to, right? And that's and that's also a, kind of a fun little game. That sounds like a deep state theory, but yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: um, When you came in, now you got injured early. What what game was it? The first, first, uh, well, the, the first home preseason game, second, second preseason game. So my when you were going, so when you're going through all that, and that was the two years really uh, of three, of, yeah, yeah, almost oh three. So when I, yeah, when I showed up was really your kind of your first healthy year, right? That's why you're now putting your hat. That's why you're putting your helmet on sideways when they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, who who helps you like? Aside from I know fleeing all those guys, was there any players that because I was there and you you know Levant told me flat out like hey Homer says you're not playing and we're not coaching you so sorry go go learn as much as you can from Frank and, and Delhi right, right. so Delbach helped me out a lot yeah. but like was there anybody like that for you because you're kind of you're even more removed because you're you're injured this whole time I you know what I had some, there's always you know there's always somebody helping everybody out but uh, I had. I had the great fortune and misfortune of being uh, one of Tom Lavat's guys. I got, I don't whether personality wise or anything else, because obviously I didn't, I didn't play for him, but Tom was, Tom was, he was rough on me, but in, in a way that I, I appreciated, you know, always, you know, walk by and go just shaking his head for, I haven't seen him in two weeks. He's going to go, God, they make keep my job harder and harder. Keep sending me players like this and expect me to make them play. Jesus Christ. He just walk <laughs> off and be like, Hey, nice to see you, Tom. But I appreciate you know, whatever motivation, however ball busting he could do. And also, uh, uh, Ken, uh, the strength coach, he was, uh, Ken Johnson. Yeah. He really, he was because I was in in with him every day that I wasn't training. I was there in the building at like every hour and some as the guys who were actually actively playing in that year, just mm -hmm. because I knew I could see that like, hey, I'm not doing anything, so I got to do something, just be here, work, and do everything I could. So I work out with him every day for a couple hours. And man, that, you talk about those those country boys and they're training sometimes when they're just trying to see who's got bigger bigger wave us. Oh, that was a battle I lost too many times, but he's beating my ass me by a 50 year old man when I was 25. That's a great I'm, feeling. Have to swallow, but it was uh, it, I mean, I, it helped me out both. I mean, having those guys that, you know, they, they, I believe they spoke up for me from what I've been told. They've been, you know, went on the table for me when I, I wasn't a guy that was, hasn't done anything in the organization yet to keep around. And of course, and Ron both, Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Ron, the, the, uh, 
And so I'm you and I both, uh, we're living in Vegas and we would go down and we meet Mark. Speaking of like old guys making you look like assholes. Yeah. Mark Phillip, he was the world's strongest man guy. So we go down there to, we go to, he's coaching at UNLV and we go down and he's a strength coach and say, Hey, can we work out here? And he, there's a couple stipulations, but yeah, we'd love to have you guys down here. And I remember, <clears throat> I remember we went down there one day, man. I don't remember if you were there or not, but I remember he was warming up and he's putting like DMSO on his knees because he's old. Right. And we're, you know, young, I can jump around and everything. And he's, he's kind of rubbing, rubbing his knees out and he's going through this big, long warm up and uh, he's going to do like some strongman stuff. And uh, I, I think this is true. You know, you, you, it always gets more you know, heavier as, as time goes on. But I was kind of finishing up my workout. And so we were doing it was coach and I and we were doing leg press. And we had 16 plates on the leg press, which is a phenomenal amount of weight. And I remember Flip took off like two plates. And then, and that was his first say, he just started warming up. And I went, yeah. I went what, what are you doing? You're going to hurt? Cause you just rub DMSO on your, in your knees. Cause you're going to, you're going to break. And he goes, nah, he's all wrapped up. And, nah, I'm good. And so he's yeah. got 14 plates aside, just, and then, and then get serious with it. And I went, well, yeah, I guess yeah, I'm not going to go into that profession. Hey, there's always there's always someone stronger, always someone faster, always someone better. You know, no matter what it is, it's trying to trying to be that guy. Hey, let's <laughs> let's, let's shift it. Let's shift to these playoffs. What was your what was your first game? Your playoff game that you you started and played it was it that San Fran game? Uh, I believe so. I honestly, it all gets so convoluted. So many years and so yeah, many, but yeah, it's too many too too, too many too many years years apart. Was it? Was I think that, it was that. that was that the same game where I had was where you we had a picture in Sports Illustrated? It was like from top, and it was looking at the all offensive line. All of us are like splayed out on our stomach, and San Francisco was like running at the. So court. that so that was actually I remember the game because it was Amon running, and I was I had flipped over. Um, oh, he's the defensive coordinator for the Jets now. I had flipped uh, Ulbrich. I had uh, cut yeah. Ulbrich on a screen, and I was like, yeah, I was I was doing this thing, and you're I think you were running down cutting was, somebody in our field. It was a terrible picture of all of us. Except for Amon, Amon looked great, and uh, and but that was a play. That wasn't a playoff game. That was actually um, that was actually a December game. We were playing out in San Francisco, and right. the reason I remember that game so well is that was the game that Craig Heimberger went into the game, and Beck was on the sideline. Like he was actually messing with him because we were up by a lot, and they put Charles Haley, and Charles Haley was like he didn't play anymore, and I uh, and, and 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 Beck was like being. He had, you know, he, had a, he wasn't a nice guy, anyways. But he had a tendency in those situations to kind of like join in on the players, like giving other guys shit. And he started saying stuff to him. I'm not going to put you in. He's too fat. Or you just say like, just, just like mean stuff. We're just sitting there like, good lord, man, this guy's a professional, you know. Anyways, so listen, we got we got four games this weekend. Let's go quick AFC, and then we're going to watch some tape on the NFC stuff because I want to get your perspective. So we got Bengals and Bills. Bills are by five and a half. Me personally, Joe Burrow is like the best quarterback I've seen since Joe Montana. And I don't know stats-wise or anything. I just remember when I was growing up, Joe Montana was the best quarterback. And now this guy looks like the best quarterback to me. What do you think? I think well, he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. The guy just – I would like to see a little more consistency at him as far as, you know, not having uh, – you know, five touchdowns, 600 yards. The next week will be 150 and three and two. Yeah. But but that just comes with age. I mean, forget he's only what third year in. He's still on his rookie deal. Yeah, yeah, he's, I mean, he's young. And, and do these? He's going to have three offensive linemen out. He had two out last week. They sucked all all year last year. They were terrible on the offensive line. They gave up like 70 sacks or something. They, gave up they still were not great this year. I mean, they were better, but they were not great. I mean, oh, they were terrible. No, they they gave up. Mike, they gave up 41 sacks. This okay. So this is a different conversation, but it's the same. We're offensive linemen. They gave up 41 sacks going into the playoffs, and then they lost their right guard, their right tackle, and their left tackle. Yeah. I mean, but 41 sacks, the, the Philadelphia, we'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles have 69 sacks this year. Is that that's a real you? number? That's, that's a real number. That's leading the league, right? Or close that's, to yeah, but leading the league, but okay, so here, I'm glad you asked. I got it up here somewhere. Uh, the sacks per game, no, now it's not coming up, but. Sacks per game was like 69. The next team was like 52. I mean, I remember back in the day, if we gave, if you gave up more than 20, it was a, oh, that was a bad deal. That was a bad deal. Now that nowadays, like 16 was like okay, right? But nowadays, it's like these guys are giving up. I mean, good lord. I mean, Joe Burrow doesn't. To, to your point, Joe Burrow literally says like on third down, I don't care if I get sacked. He goes, "What's the difference? You know, yeah. I, I'll just stay in and throw the ball if I get sacked." It's like, well. 
you know, we, I, I at least go, well, you, you, you make me feel really bad about myself. Yeah. I prefer well, just, just for, just for the offensive lines, like, you know, peace of mind. I prefer that you just not give up the sack because we take a lot of pride in that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, it'll be, as this kid gets more maturity, I, I, he's kind of, I like the, not, he's not arrogant, but he's, he flirts with that line of arrogance and confidence, which is right where you want a quarterback to be. Yeah. One of the, he's Joe Cool. And, and it's contagious. And, you know, I think the dumb, the, the dumb outfits are dressing. I actually like it. It's like, he's not, he's about it, but it's not because he's not so self-centered about it that where it's not, look at me, look at me, look, it seems like he's doing it for the entertainment of others and himself. And I, I think, up. I think Jamar Chase dresses him. I'm, I'm going to be in serious. Seriously? I, I, yeah. I think, I think, I think that's the shtick. The shtick is he allows his wide receivers to dress him before the games or something like that. Oh, I think God, it's the shtick, which is, which, Makes you love him, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's fantastic. No, hey, look, yeah. they're young. They got some bounce in them. They're confident. They're having and more. You know, more. They're having fun doing it, and that's just yeah. contagious. At least in my mind's contagious. Like makes me want to watch him. Makes me want to cheer for him. Makes me want to do. It. And you got, you know, you got you got some real talented guys on that team. I mean, Higgins is a, you know, he's he's probably you know he's a first receiver anywhere, but he's playing with Jamar Chase, and he still has comparable numbers with Jamar. You know, sharing numbers with that and the running back. You know. It's a, they're they're fun team to watch for that reason. You can you there's an attachment to them that they because they're fun and they're doing it with a swagger that's it, not it, disrespectful. They have their defensive lines, but DJ Reader, both uh, Hubbard and and Hilmar, they're both playing high high level. I think their box players are really good. They have yep. a good secondary. Lou Aramos done a great job as defensive coordinator. It's like the only thing that we like you and I should hate them because they're actually they might win the Super Bowl with the worst offensive line in the history of yeah. offensive lines. You know what I mean? But, but two years in a row, like everywhere else, everywhere. Yeah, else. it just kind of shows you like it. There's certain teams are figuring things out. Like I don't, and I know Zach, and like Zach's a great, very very smart guy. You probably know him from Mike, but but he's a he's incredibly intelligent. But he he does not run like you would not say that's a user friendly offense. Like if you were in that offense, be like, man, this is like five step drop again. Oh my god, seven step. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not user yeah. friendly. Like all these other teams, you look at the Bills, the Eagles, the, the the Giants, the the Jags, the Chiefs, the Niners. Those are all super user friendly for everybody on the field. This is not a user friendly offense, but this guy's so good at what he does, and he's got you to your point. He's got all the skill position guys. It yeah. makes it look like taking candy from a baby, man. So I got the baby. You got the Bengals or the Bills? I, I want the Bengals. I mean, what what and what will happen are always me with two different rounds. But I I like to I think since he's got a shot at him, I don't think I think you know Jared Allen's Allen's kind of tapered off here at the end. But mm-hmm. it, you know it's playoff football, so it, you know throw all that stuff out the window. It's just a matter of who's going to come to play, who's better prepared. And I you know I I think that I think Zach will have more prepared, ready to go. They have that swagger, and they're they're at the they're doing the right things at the right time of year. There's, yeah, there's I agree with playing at a high level. So the other AFC games, the Chiefs, Jags, Chiefs are by eight and a half at home. Look, Dougie P's done a great job. So think about this. So uh, old boy gets get, gets cut or gets fired today. His offensive Byron Leftwich is cut for the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today. Okay, last year at this time he was first in line to get the Jags job, yep. and he wanted to bring he wanted to bring Adrian Wilson, that badass dude, say, that safety from Arizona, is now the director of player personnel. Okay. You remember Adrian Wilson, number twenty six, dude, number one in your heart. That guy was like. The first rocked up Cam Chancellor. He was Cam Chancellor before Cam Chancellor. So he wanted this. As the story goes, he wanted to bring his own general manager, and they said no. So he didn't take the job. Doug takes it. They're in the playoffs. Doug looks like a damn genius. He coached his ass off this year, and shows shows you how valuable a great coach is. And now Byron Leftwich, who was a shoe in for a job last year. Now is fired. It probably you know is is now like that far removed from a head coaching job. I know it's a, I know I digressed a little bit there, but it's just it's it kind of there's a lesson there somewhere about you know two two bird in the hand, two in the bush kind of thing, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you, you're getting a you know overplaying your hands is what it sounds like. You just I, this these are my terms. This is what I want, and I believe in guys having confidence, but also at the same time. The best deal isn't always the most stuff, you know. Whatever, yeah. whatever you think you could ask for and get, it doesn't make it the best deal. It's they really, you know, if you get that one opportunity, the first that might be the only opportunity to be a head coach. You never know that. That's you know, a, that's what you just don't know, right? Yeah. It's not like, there's only there's only 32 of these jobs are in, in the world, and that is about a highly you know contested job. Everybody wants it. Everybody thinks they can do it, but it takes a unique person to be able to lead <clears> men like that. And left which was doing it under the supervision of the guys he had so maybe i think it sounds like he's overplayed his hand and thought he thought more of who he really was than the rest of the world did which it's not on that all that uncommon actually but it doesn't come exclusion 
You're such a lawyer. It's unbelievable. <laughs> what? Hey, so so Chiefs aren't Chiefs are going to win this game though, right? Chiefs yeah. by eight and a half. They're going to win this game. All right, we don't even have to talk about it. I mean, I think I think Doug will make it interesting with the history that Doug and uh, Andy Reid have. But you're talking about you mentioned before, but what what Doug has done? How long he was? What second year in Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl? First yeah. year in Jacksonville, he takes a what oh or whatever four and twelve, whatever they were last year. Takes Urban Meyer team. team, Urban Meyer led team, squeaking yeah. in. But they're showing you know you got guys showing all kinds of. Right. They're, they're showing they're going to be a good team years ago. And well, here's what happened. This is this is the the Jacksonville Jaguars are exactly what the NFL wants. Okay, you have a historically bad team that has drafted actually really well. Okay, Josh Allen is the most. Josh Allen is the is the defensive end number forty one. There, he's the most underrated defensive end in the league. The guy is absolutely box office. Yeah. And then they got like two of his clones. They just then they draft Trayvon Walker, another defensive. So they're stacked. I mean. Yeah. When I say they're stacked on the edges, it's ridiculous. Arden Key, they are stacked. Trevor Lawrence, first pick in the draft, right? They had the kid, the, the linebacker from Utah last year. I mean, these guys are all, like, really, really high-level players. And now they just – what does it take? It takes a little bit of time, but it takes the right leadership to get in there and make you believe that you can be as, you can be what you're supposed to be, right? Absolutely. I think if, I think Doug's shown that's the way. I mean, he was like that as a, I mean, when we were with him in Green Bay as a, as a quarterback, he's back up, but he was, he has that, you know, the personality is kind of contagious and, you know, him and his portfolio of documents on the sideline as he's trying to get signs and get tendencies and all that kind of stuff. But it was very, uh, it, it was fun. To, he was just that guy's contagious energy. And those are the kind of guys that you want as head coaches that are, you are who your head guy, emulate, you emulate your head guy and everybody, he's out there learning and getting better and having, has some faith in his guys, you know, and, just he's a good coach, and I hope that I hope they do well. Continue. Is it? Would you if you could pick any position and just say I, I forecast that this is going to be a good head coach? It probably is that backup quarterback. Oh, isn't always it? backup. You have to because you have to understand. Every, you can't. You're you're not getting the reps. You're studying more. You're you're involved in all the all. You're still involved with the conceptual planning each week. Uh, you mm-hmm. know what what can what can the, what can our number one do? When you've got the number two there, who's in, in you know taking that all in, adding to it, and they've also got to have some experience. You want because nowadays yeah. you figured out you've got to have two quarterbacks to, play, to last in this league. So he's a little bit of everything, taking in, you know, sitting in all the meetings, getting all the information, having input. It's uh, that's, I mean, the most. And they know how to na- they know how to navigate. One what one thing that's easy for you is not easy for me, but that is mandatory for a backup quarterback is the ability to navigate all levels of the team, right? Yep. Like the players, the coaches, the personnel, the travel people. Like they just know how everything works. So it comes very naturally for some people. For some, like that's that that for me, it's like. I got blinders on everywhere I'm going, right? But guys like say backup quarterbacks, they ha- they know how every single they know how every piece of sausage is made, man. It's fantastic. I, this, I love that they obviously they're going to know with with the DBs on your own team, the, the box on your own team, how our defense plays. You're going to know how your receivers, what your quarter, what your running backs are supposed to do. And this is a totally a shot to them in Arizona. It takes more than four hours of extra work a week to, for a quarterback to be good. I know. We can't I have believe four, that. Can't just, you believe I can't believe that. Kind of, you have to get four hours. That's Murray in Arizona for anyone who doesn't know, but four yeah. hours of extra film work. Four and then they fire their coach. That shouldn't get you through Tuesday. You should be oh, well on that. I mean, for the love of God. Do you know that they? Do you know that they give them iPads? You know they give them iPads and they have and they and they they literally they scan they scan in. That's what's like preposterous is there was some sort of precedent that they knew for a fact that the student wasn't watching four hours a day. No, I mean, okay, think about this one. Granted, the guy's a talent. He was yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Here, think of it. Here's a check for one quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> but you have to watch at least four hours. What's that breakdown per hour? Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four, let's see, four and 16, you get 64 divided. Yeah, you say, oh, okay, you just go, uh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. All right. Jesus, yeah. Pete. 60, yeah, $62 million a year watching film divided by four is what's that? Almost 14 <laughs> I mean, you're so uh, well I played, mean, sir. Well played. Yeah, that was. I, I don't usually like the bash guys, but that's about as that's that's, that's more bash in the front office than bash. No, that's, yeah, I was gonna say that's not his fault. That's yeah. he's anytime you're if you're a player and you're allowed to do something, that's a, that's again ultimate ownership, right? Yeah. All right, we got, some, we got some fan questions for you. <laughs> oh God, I'll give you a, I'll give you a layup. You ready? So, what's the difference between center and guard when you're dra- when you're looking for a center or looking for a guard? What's the difference? I just quick. I didn't even want to put this down there, so I just quickly answered on Twitter. Mike's a lot smarter than I am. Let's move on. 
Okay, well, we can, well, that's an arguable point right there. <laughs> well, the fact is, you, you, you're supposed to listen to what I have to say, but half the time, you're right. Touche, sir. Touche. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that was, I think that was what made us great is that the nonverbal communication between you and Marco and I, and even Tausch and Cliffy, as much as, you know, Cliffy seemed to be in his own world, but Cliffy had the world figured out better than most, actually. Yeah, he really did. To, uh, my mind was, the, Saying something, getting everybody on the same page at the same time, where a guard is actually someone who who's an offensive lineman who blocks. Yeah, I, I would I would say I would say that the the level of and I think it goes I think it actually goes underrated, even though that people talk about it a lot, like the level of intelligence that you have to have to be a really, really effective center and like be able to technically play at a high level and communicate in the proper way yeah. to your quarterback to the offensive line. Like it's a skill set that's it's come it's it's I always go back to it. It's, it's why you don't see good offensive linemen in the transfer portal. That's why you don't see trades yeah. for offensive line. Like that's a re- there's a reason. There's there's just not a lot of them out there, right? That's why yeah. guys are getting paid a ton more money than they used to. There's just not a lot of really good offensive linemen out there. And, and like we'll watch Kelsey here in a minute. He's probably the best in the business right now. Like they just some of the guys are just a, a, a well, notch just, above everybody else. You get you get one guy. You, you give the best offensive lineman in the history of the NFL. He cannot determine a game like five average guys playing well together. The yeah. it doesn't. I mean, it's an offense. Fine. You know what? You take out one knockout. You, Von Miller's gone for the game, but you still got four of the guys. You got to do everything else. That they're falling apart. It doesn't mean anything. Von Miller's done because you got four of the guys that are open up the floodgates. So it's a it really is a unit working together. That's where you see a good offensive line. It's not so much the talent level is how they work together. Well said. Uh, here's one I think we just answered. Which one of the remaining playoff coaches would you want to play for or coach for? I'm I'm just going to assume Dougie P or Andy. Yeah, Dougie, Dougie P or Andy. Yeah, yeah. Andy, uh, I'd like to see Andy just because he's not afraid to do things just for the hell of it. I mean, what yeah, do you think? What yeah, was that circle, ring of circle thing he did before they broke the touchdown? But really, is there any point to it? No, but it's fun. So I, go for it. I love, I love that. Then when they do get down to the goal line, they, they actually the players are like making up plays now. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like that's it. Actually, if you think about it, like we, if you if you're a coach and you're actually thinking about how I want to develop my team, like on my like when I'm thinking about coach development, the official supremacy right and to get there like you have to you have to work to a place where your coaches and your everyone trusts you enough to be able to actually like to be able to know the offense and defense situations your players what you're good at in order to do that well enough where you're actually coming up with like some of these plays that they run are are hilarious man but you know and then and then having the respect between the coaching staff and the players like what a unique situation they have over there within and and I know Andy did it in Philly, and Andy—I mean, he's done it in a number of places now. But he's—he's very—he's very, I think, unique in this league in the way that he's able to communicate not only with like the personnel staff, but more particularly the the. Uh, the oh, the there's no players. doubt. Yeah, I mean, we talk about like the evil genius in the background. Is that in order for him? From what I understand, is that they they're they're allowed to make up their own formations and shifts as they get in the red zone of the goal line, assuming mm-hmm. that is corrected. Those guys can make up whatever they want, but they also have to understand what the actual rules of shifting and lineup is, you know, that they're so now they don't understand just, hey, this guy has to be here. It's all these all the five moving parts. They have to be lined up in this position to make it real. So now these guys are understanding it conceptually. So he's forced them to study at a level that understand the offense, not what you do, but what everyone is doing. And that's where that's the real difference. I've always believed in being a good team and a great team is knowing what you do and knowing what everybody else does. Yeah, well said. Like, I remember my rookie year, uh, Frankie, I think Holmgren, Holmgren was bored one year. I think everybody was dying. So he had Frankie go up and, and, and he did red zone one game, one day, yeah. one Friday. And I remember everybody like sat up in their chairs and like Frank not only did the line stuff, he did everybody's routes against certain defenses. And then he started recalling times where like Brett threw a pick in the end zone yeah. on this play. And I was just went like, I, cause I was a rookie at that point. I just went, Oh man, like there's a lot more to this game. Like I, yes. I, I, I got a lot to learn, you know. No, Brett. Yeah. I think I think Frank had that effect on almost every lineman that came across. And spent any time with him is knowing it's not just knowing what you do. It's knowing what everybody else is getting him on the same. Yeah. And I just really tried to in my my career try to emulate what he did. Like I've always been big props on how he handled things and how he taught you, I, you know, other guys to get through it. You know, sometimes hey, forget about it, move on. And then sometimes it's time to tell Brett he missed the cross. You know, the crossing pattern during the middle of the game, or to go after a referee, or you know. <laughs> whatever, whatever goes with Frank. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely a neat guy, man. Special guy. Um, I don't know if you saw this new top, the new Colorado. So Dion's going to Colorado. New tight end coach gets up, and he goes full drill sergeant, private pile with the with the uh, the Colorado uh, football class, like in a, in, in a classroom okay. setting. When I say stand up, you get it attention. He's yelling at everybody. He just goes full. I'm like watching this. Like, am I am I in boot camp right now? Like, <laughs> 
flashbacks. Tell 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 the fans what people may not understand because that doesn't fly literally anywhere else. And it, to be fair, it didn't fly when I was watching. I thought it was a joke, but it was serious. But tell people like in your like best in your best estimation, what is the fundamental difference between football and other sports that people just think that might be okay? Maybe wrestling too, but like those kind. What is what makes that okay? What makes people like, tolerate that? Let's put it that way. Tolerate which part of it? Sorry. Tolerate the, co- tolerate the coach yelling at the entire oh. group to stand up and sit down and do all this stuff. What is like deep, what? Deep-rooted stupidity. Deep-rooted stupidity. <laughs> you want to go, no. I mean, think about it. Like, yeah. the, league, the league is a copycat league. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody wants to be the first to do something. No one wants to be the last to do anything. So back in the 50s, 60s, whenever football really started developing and taking off in the 70s, it was – it was that you were going to war every day. It's not war. It's a game. But however, it just the transition away from that, whereas you know the no 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 water, no breaks, no you know all this stuff. You know helmet hit hard. You should you blow up your helmet. No, all this it takes a while to progress. It's slow. It's like it's like social change. It doesn't happen overnight. But it's ten times slower than social change. The way the league goes because change means changing things you don't know how it's going to come out it's predict it's knowing how's it going to affect the bottom line which is where it always goes but yeah that's just the, why but, why the drill sergeants of the 50s and 60s probably because you know started with Vince Lombardi I mean that Vince Lombardi was a guy that everybody knew the start of the NFL of winning championships and it was also it's my way not your way my way any other way doesn't exist there's no highway it's my way or that's it yeah so well, and, and that probably has its place in some in some buildings as well you know it's yeah the, the issue, like the thing about the war, to your point, I, a lot of people liken confrontational sports to war, and it's, it's clearly not. But yeah. you look at the psychology behind it, like why, why people are afraid of dying, people are afraid of getting hurt. So one of the reasons that we have all this excitement and aggression around these sports because we're masking fear, right? There's a, there's this there's this underlying fear that you're going to either a get hurt or b look like a fool in front of everybody. Someone's going to yeah, like yeah. physically dominate you, right? And that fear manifests in different ways with different people and drill sergeants, like everybody's trying to get you into that uncomfortable state so they can control you. Yeah. And nowadays, especially with, with this generation, like <laughs> I'm watching that and I'm kind of like, I went to the Naval Academy. I've been yelled at. I mean, Beck used to chew me out like that all the time. And yeah. I'm just sitting here going like, dude, I can't even imagine what these, that these guys would even get out of their chairs for this guy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a different no. world. You know? Well, I mean, there's a societal change, you know, it's everybody, just because you've always done something one way doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. I think that's why the league is slow to always to, to make changes like that. They're also always looking to change, but just at a pace that is undyingly, unamazingly, painfully slow. But they do, yeah. you know, they can, they will do it and they continue to do it because the best for the game is the best for their bottom line. And ultimately, once again, that's where it always goes. Everybody thinks it's a game, it's not, it's a business, but it just happens to be a game that makes business. Well said, well said. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's check out. Let's uh, let's switch over and look at him. He's the uh, matchup. So big man. So there's Giants, Eagles, and uh, and Niners, Dallas. Okay, so we're talking about the NFC game. So I just I got a couple things on tape here. I thought it'd be interesting to look at. Talking about the Giants. So I think the big matchups are obviously the the Eagles on both sides of the ball are really really good. Um, we talked about 69 sacks on that side. The Giants uh, defensively don't have much of a chance. I think against the Eagles unless they just attack, attack, attack the line of scrimmage. Talk about shooting gaps, just being first to the ball, trying to play on their side of the line of scrimmage, getting guys – because they, they do a lot of stuff with pulling um, pulling Kelsey, getting Jalen Hurts on those uh, quarterback keeps and the RPOs. But you if you play on their side of the line of scrimmage, if you account for – like in this play right here, if he misses that first read and you just account for Jalen Hurts' running ability by bringing extra guys – like it's a, it's kind of feast or famine, right? It could work, yep. or if he's on, it could go really, really poorly. But you know, in these 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 clips against Marlotta here, like if you play on their side of the line of scrimmage, you make the running back cut before he's ready, you're gonna have a chance to at least hopefully make them one dimensional. Yeah, I can see that. It's uh, well, I think that always for any time being you. You give up. There's, it's a risk reward. You know, when you if you're mm-hmm. penetrating, playing on their side of the line like that, as long as you keep, if you can keep them in control and you got good discipline, like on the edges, to make sure you know Hurts doesn't bounce it out or do something just total improv, uh, it it works out well. It's just uh, you've got to have discipline when you guys are attacking gaps like that. It's, you know, somebody's got to be in that a gap. Someone's got to be in that a gap. Although that a gap is just a freeway right down the middle. 
Well, they got this guy. You know, the Giants have this this Dexter Lawrence, ninety seven. This guy, I don't know what he weighs, man. He's he's an absolute <laughs> tank, and he's he's just like shy. He kind of not that he came out of nowhere, but like he was so good this year. He was undeniable. He's a first team All Pro. And he just – last week against Minnesota, I know they have some banged-up guys, in the, and Garrett Bradbury came back starting center for them, but they had some banged-up guys in there, some young players. But he just I – mean, he beat the brakes off these guys. He's averaging – he doesn't have – I think he has eight-and-a-half sacks, but he has a, a ton of pressures every single and eight, week. Eight-and-a-half sacks is an interior guy. Like, off the yeah. It, well, yeah, you're right, right, especially when we played. But now when, when one team has 69 sacks, like my – I don't know what's real anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, that's true. But, I, I'm going to read the – when we get to Philly, I'll read you their sack totals. You won't believe it. But you see this, like uh, Jalen Smith, the guy from Dallas. We just – you have to play on their side of the line of scrimmage. you got to take some chances in this game. Because I just I just don't know how else you're going to stop this team, man. Yeah, no. You, well, I think it's – yeah, you've always got to take chances here and there. You know, it's a valued risk, but just – no one, as long as you guys, as long as when you take those risks, everyone's got to be where they got to be. Yeah, I think the big thing here is too. You think about, you know, what what does that mean? You're going to come in another to the box. You're going to come in another guy to the line of scrimmage, because if you don't, well, that means you're going to have to play man coverage, and then you start talking yeah. about like can AJ Brown and all, like can we cover all these guys long enough to get home? But you see what happens against this team, and this is not even a good run offense. But if they play back, like you get your two doubles. And it's easy to come off like this is easy. The Philadelphia Eagles yeah. with their offensive line, probably the best line in the league, they can do that all day long. No, in a heartbeat. This well, is not a problem. Guys in the, I think that's that's what the Eagles have that's such so value. They have they've got you you can't if you load up the box, fine, we're gonna whip it around you. Or if you don't, if you drop everybody back, then hey, even if we don't have to play, Jalen's you know, he's gonna hurt's gonna run. He's gonna get you yards with his feet. Or if you throw I mean, obviously throw the ball, he's a hell of a quarterback. One of the, one of the, like and the problem the problem is it's like if you're playing man or or if you're trying to commit line you're trying to commit to the run or you have your eyes on somebody like Malcolm Smith goes across this is two weeks ago they go he goes across the formation and like they don't even follow him and then safe oh, really? comes out of nowhere like oh I had to rotate and this is what when when the playoffs hit this is kind of the concern right like how much pre snap communication can you load up on. So post-snap, you're not happy. You can just react. Because we've seen it like we saw from the Packers this year. You see from a ton of teams. When you get away from the pre-snap communication stuff and then just lock into your rules and go, and you start trying to switch things off post-snap, man, it's – every team in the league seems to be really struggling in that, particularly in the secondary. Yeah. that's Well, that's – if you can get a team in, in man coverage, you know, the majority of you have four or five deep, multiple guys in man coverage, the odds of keeping – an NF quality NFL receiver covered is pretty much getting close to zero. It's just, it's, it's impossible to do in space to cover a good receiver man to man, especially for the course of a game. So if you got multiple, multiple one-on-ones on each side and you're going to, it's something's going to be there. There's no question to it. That's just, you know, getting guys to move around, getting, getting, make defenses play, man, is more challenging than sitting in the zone. That yeah. No, it's like, no, but it's, it's, it's common sense, right? Like, like last week, Xavier yeah. Howard, the, the Dolphins are playing against the Bills, and Xavier Howard gets beat deep. Xavier Howard's one of the best cover corners in the league. He gets beat by Stephon Diggs, and it's like, well, what did you think was going to happen? Uh, what Josh Allen yeah. had five seconds to throw the ball. <laughs> like, nobody can cover a good player for five seconds. That's just not how no. it works, you know? No, especially quality, the, one of those you know fast-switch muscle guys like Diggs. I mean, they, they could run at 90%. You think that's full speed forever. Then all of a sudden, they've got that extra gear that just comes out of nowhere that makes them really look silly. When I, so Hawkinson against the Giants last week. Hawkinson's a tight end for, for uh, the Minnesota. He came over from, from Detroit. I think he had like 130 yards on 12 – 129 yards on 12 catches. And, right. and, and he, was, he was their leading receiver. And this, this is kind of what happened when the Packers played against uh, the Vikings the last time and they tried to take, t- to take away uh, Justin Jefferson. So, you know, the Giants come up with the same idea. Now, you look at it, Malcolm Smith, A.J. Brown. You know, they, Goddard's a great tight end. Like, they have – weapons if you try to take away that one person it's like are you willing to give up the tight end for example are we willing to just give up 130 yards for goddard if we're the if we're the giants right they're running double stick here i thought there's a great double stick nod concept versus cover two like kirk like we all bag on kirk cousins man but he can make some he can make some serious throws but like are you willing to, are you just willing to give up like tight end has 150 yards receiving but aj brown has 30 like you're probably taking that as a w right Oh, for sure. Yeah, because you try to stop your best your offensive offensive best weapon. You can, I mean, yeah. shutting down Jefferson. That's pretty much. I mean, the other sixteen games of the year it was. I mean, what he? I mean, he had what, almost two thousand yards or closing. There was talk of him. He, getting he was. At, he was at eighteen hundred yards with two games to go, and he didn't yeah. get it. 
I know, and that's just so that's because basically what Green Bay did to him. So I mean, there's there's a blueprint if you've got a talent, you know, in a, in a DB like that who can man up with the most of the game. Uh, but yeah, do you, I mean, if you're going to give up 100, would you rather give up 120 yards to a receipt to Jefferson or to the tight end? It's a good point. Uh, really, 120 yards to Jefferson is probably more like 200 after he catches the ball, where the tight ends probably eat out every yard he could for the hunters there. Oh, that's so a really good. That's a really good point. Like yards after the catch, because it's kind of like. Because obviously it's, you know, one yard is equal to one yard, whoever catches the ball. But there's, there's kind of this like demoralizing effect that it could have because you're trying, A, you're probably trying to focus on stopping one of the guys and you're not having success. And B, like the this constant threat of, you know, it's not George Kittle playing tight end. It's, you know, anybody yeah. else is not going to break 17 tackles. So, you know, as opposed to AJ, you know, AJ Brown can go yard anytime he touches the ball. Yeah. As we'll see here, like I, I wanted to show a couple of things on offensive, like this offensive line is so good. I don't know if you ever, how much you watch this this Kelsey guy. It, it he literally he's, he's forever, like, yeah. dude, he's timeless, and he's like, he's better now than he ever was. And he, look how wild this guy moves. What is he like, thirty <laughs> seven? I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, like he just moves so 13 well. Or, yeah, that's that makes me feel bad about myself. He's moving there better than I am now, <laughs> without any weight on. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I mean, he's obviously he's he's been a lot of talent for a lot of years, but this this year is probably been more amazing to me than anything else is the fact that I've, I've been in his position, been old and been, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it together like that. I couldn't, my body couldn't move, couldn't keep doing it. Whatever, whatever he did, whatever he does training wise, I didn't do it. <laughs> Obviously he's showing what, how you can, if you do it the, this way, how you can do it right. You imagine his parents popped out two two probably hall of famers. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? I mean, they're, 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 they're not like physic. they're physically just different people. I mean, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they don't, they don't seem like, they don't. They don't. Sometimes they seem like they're not. They're not come from the same parents. They're just physically the way they develop, the you way they move. You heard it first, guys. Step brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to get. All right. Yeah, I'll be getting a cease and desist letter coming from Kel. Kelsey check, check out. Hey, as a center, so they got an ace block to the linebacker circle. Dude, check out the check out. this like how call. It's almost like nonchalant. This is insane. Look at this. He doesn't. He's like, he just takes his sweet ass time coming, just hanging yep. out. I mean, yeah, just wait, just wait. Dude, like, like most guys are so, most guys are like, hit him, right? You strike with your second step on your right shoulder, and then, dude, we got to release, got to go get him, got to go get him. He's like, no, just everybody chill out, man. That's, patience. That's what an old vet, an old vet there, just, and the patience of, he's, he can see the guy where he's, he hasn't committed to come over the top, so he's just staying with his down guy to move it. And that's, it's hard. That's a, I mean, we were, I think we did it a lot and we were good at it, but I think it's a hard thing to teach, especially young guys. Just when you see that flash, it doesn't, he hasn't committed to that side. Yeah. If Kelsey comes off on that, then that guy, you know, he just rolls back over the top and you left the D lineman one on one. So just good patience and discipline by him. They found this guy uh, in an Austri- in a rugby league, right? This guy, Jordan Malata. Okay. Yeah. He's, six, he's six, then- six, six, eight, 348 pounds. Right. Never had never played football. They just resigned him in 2021 to like a $64 million uh, contract. Uh, I did not. I, for some reason, I thought he was. I, I don't know. I must be confusing him. So I'm confusing with the kid out of uh, Detroit. I thought he was a high Oregon. Oh, you're guy. talking Panay Sewell. So, so yeah. the, this this guy this guy's been in the league for a couple of years, but they picked him up off the basically off the street. He playing rugby. He went to like a tryout for the international NFL International Day or whatever. Ah. Uh, and, and they're just like, yeah, I think we'll give him a shot. Two two years later, he gets a huge contract. I mean, six foot eight, three hundred forty eight pounds, and this is fifty five's like the Saints guy. Mario Davis, he's the guy. Who, Mario Davis, right here, is like, yeah, business decision. Thank you very little. So you do a little. They just pull here, and tomorrow's like, no, we're good, bro. We're good. We're no, good. we don't. Want, I don't want to take that off. Yeah. That's like you. He gets in the hole for nineteen other tackles in the league, dude. But this guy is like, you know what? Let's just call. Let's just. That's what. Hey, right here. Into, <laughs> no yeah, part of that, bro. Anticipation of death is worse than death itself. He did not. He was afraid to take that hit. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson is the right tackle. Uh, yep. He's been he's been around forever. He he might be he's he, he's always injured, but when he's healthy, he might be the he might be the best tackle in the game. He's he's a, he's one of the top two or three tackles in the game. And this guy is so good, man. And I was watching this, and like it doesn't seem like a big deal block, but you know how difficult it is playing center. You got a guy head up now. He's in a two point stance. This guy's in like a four point four technique, and they're going to just basically run the counter play using him as a single block down instead of like a deuce block, double team tray. They're just like, nah, we're just going to block you down. And he just manages this like no problem against, you know, not a slap. It's just, oh, that's like a, hell, that's a T stutter. Yeah. On the weak yeah. side, putting him. Yeah. That's a tough, that's, it. Put, that's put a tough ass line. block. That is a tough ass block on a four technique. I can, they can just pop back outside as easy as you want. 
I mean, this guy's they they're just stacked offensively. Man. You got, got on a play like that. You got so many guys counting on him. You know, hit that that point of attack, that him getting movement at that point of attack, which is such a hard thing to do, with, especially a guy in a four point, and then to have it to do it like that with the success he had is pretty impressive for sure. Let's see what I got here. Oh yeah, I just so this is a Kelsey double team with the right guard here, and this this guy ends up literally. I mean, that's a bad. I mean, that's right? yeah. You, you got you're you're facing facing the wrong five, five yard bro. field, bro. You're that's facing the, the wrong direction. Like, you where'd got, he go? The, he, the quarter, the back hasn't even have to make a decision or do anything until he's positive five yards. That's ridiculous. I mean, that shouldn't. Ha- that really shouldn't happen. So yeah, that'll so, that'll get somebody fired right there for sure. It will get somebody fired. So the the best part about Kelsey now is like they run a bunch of plays, and this this could be a run. And he'll come off this hard and then just, like, pop back to the middle. So, <laughs> so he'll snap the ball and just launch on somebody and, like, leave this huge – like, if you launched – like, if you went to Marco and just launched on that guy, I'd be like, well, man, what about that A-gap? But, like, yeah, the, yeah. their guards are good enough and, like, they've been trained this way. Like, they just don't care because they run so much crap in the backfield that these guys aren't rushing. So this dude, he, like, tees off and then just snaps back into the middle all the time. So this, like, D-tackle has no idea if he's coming or going. Yeah. I mean, it's, and- it's just nuts. And the movement movement doesn't always have to be north and south. Any kind of movement is a win. Right. I mean, that's right, right, five right. yards before he even, even thought about touching him. That's... Before before he's going backwards, right? And then they got this – they got the passing game. And because they're so good in the run, I think you got a two-by-two two look here. And everybody's got eyes in the backfield. They're all man coverage. We talked about, like, if the Giants want to play man coverage so they they're can done. add an extra guy or they can, they can account for Jalen Hurts. They can run a spy, whatever it is. Like tomorrow day is probably just running spy right here. But if you've got four dudes one-on-one, like to your point, man, they've got good receivers and a tight end. Somebody's going to win. You can't. Yeah. It, to expect that to happen. And all, all it takes is just, you may have it 90, 90% of the time. You may have everybody locked down, but 10%, that's, that's 40 points. If you're missing, if you, you know, one-on-one and the big hit like that, you know, a 40 yard slant or whatever it is, a corner, you know, it's something that, you're, you're a half step behind. There's just you can't expect that to happen to everybody be shut down. I mean, you can put pressure on guys that do that, but I think mean, you're destined to fail. Um, so right here, I got these these guys are uh, these off, these offensive line guys can do it all, and they're they're a really really good screen team. They run these tunnel screens. They run yep. you know they run schemes to the tight end. But I just I just wanted to, you know O line shout out here. Three guys downfield making plays. Like I, you could probably show a couple of their touchdowns. They they just have every one of their guys. This is the other thing, Mike. That I wanted I want to get your 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 commentary on. So now you know they talk about inside. We're a zone team. We're a we're a gap team. We're a man team, dude. I, as I remember, and maybe I'm way off. Except for like Alex Gibbs, where you turn your sideline to the chest and start running. If you were a good team, you could just do everything. Like they, nobody, they were never like ah, we're gonna run. Uh, you know, if you ran outside, we'd run outside zone. You'd run your gap plays. You'd run your powers, your counters. You'd run your toss cracks. Like. You got to be able to do it all, and I don't know. I don't know. I guess it was because of Gibbs they started talking about. Oh, we're going to be a zone team. We're going to do this, but nowadays, again, like the good team, the good lines in the National Football League are being coached to do it all. Whether you're talking about Cleveland, Detroit, Philly, San Fran, like these guys can do literally anything you ask for whenever you ask for it. Yeah, that's general. I mean, the that's how you draft guys. You draft guys to be able to adjust in any scheme, but they're. You know, if you only have one, if you only have one single focus, if you're only a gap team, if you're only a zone team, it's it's, it's easier to to lock you down. But if you do a little bit of everything well, instead of doing one thing great, you do a lot of things really well. I mean, just a lot of the, the law of numbers is you're going to have more success. We got that RPO look. This is old school. I mean, I mean now I now it is. It's like like this is Kaepernick RPO, a like true RPO where you're going to read that backside linebacker on the read. If he goes. With the running back, you're just going to run – you're running this quick slant. Yeah. I think this is A.J. Brown. I mean, it's like taking candy from a baby, and they can literally run this kind of stuff all the time because they have, they're they so confident up front. They have such a deadly running game. And, you know, it's again, it's like you try you, you try to commit to with these – you know, the Giants try to commit with a single safety, man look, bring an extra guy down the box, spy, bring a guy off the edge on, on, a, on a man blitz or, or, or a drop zone to the other side just to account for Hurts on these kind of run, run looks. And dude, right away they're just like, no problem. We'll just we'll run a, a slant or a bang eight, and it's like, what do you? you don't, I just you don't feel, know how to stop them. 
There's yeah, there's not a there's they haven't been able to figure out an answer yet. Anytime you get a like, anytime you get a quarterback who can run, it always causes problems. I mean, obviously back to the days of Michael Vick and uh, Lamar Jackson and Hurts and everything. These these it's just a new generation of quarterbacks that are just better athletes. They can do more things, and you would you want your best you want your best athlete to have the ball in his hands as much as you can. And when you get a guy like that, I mean Hurts or Lamar Jackson or anybody, even Steve Young, anybody who's a running quarterback, uh, it's just it's a dilemma that. I don't know that there's ever an answer for. It's just how do you how do you contain it more so you can't control it? How do you contain it and limit mitigate your losses? Because if you you got five guys that they do lock down five receivers, then all of a sudden somebody takes he takes decides to tuck it and run. It's forty yards, which that's demoralizing for a defense. Everybody did what they're supposed to do, but you couldn't tackle your quarterback who just took off. Do you think I think I still think Mike Vick's the best the best uh, two way quarterback athlete I've ever seen? Just because yeah, I think his, well, I think his arm was different than everybody. I think his arm was better. Than he had a touch anybody it, now, honestly. It's yeah, it, well, I mean, they're the, both he, he had his longevity of obviously he has some stuff that interrupted his career, but I think he was on the path. But I don't know that he's maybe, yeah, you're probably right. But it's just a matter of how long, how long can Hertz last doing this? How many hits can he take? You know, same thing with Lamar Jackson with his knee now, you know, whatever, whatever. Lamar Jackson's probably the best, like, we forget about Randall Cunningham, like, he was amazing. Oh, like, yeah, but that was, yeah, that was, and Steve, and Steve Young, Steve Young, but like, Lamar Jackson um, is the best, like, most electric, probably player in the game right now when he's healthy. His running yeah. is amazing. But I remember, dude, and I know you do, there was, it was 2003 or 2004, it was 2003, first game of the season. Mike, it's like the Mike Vick coming out party. We ended up winning the game at the, yeah. on like the last play of the game, but that dude rolled to his right, flipped his hips, and threw a fifty-yard dart across the field to the left sideline. And I, everybody on the side, because we had Brett, and Brett could sling it, and we were like, "Wait, a, I we had never, I had never seen never a throw seen like that. that, never, never seen, seen that kind of football like that." Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, he, the, the, obviously his highlight film and you know reels. For, for how long as his career was, how much time it was broken away. It was impressive everything he did. That he definitely had their arm strength. Just I don't want to hurts and these guys yet. They still got. They're still in the very beginning phase of their career. If they can last with that, you know, with that with that ability to run, if they can play 10, 12 years in this league, I think they're they'll be the greatest to ever play. It's just a matter of getting there with the the risk of taking the beating that these guys do. I mean, at two hundred twenty pounds and three hundred fifty pound guys hitting you day in day out, it adds up. They're doing a good job right now too, especially like Lamar. You talk about they brought they actually brought in my old coach to start you know instituting or in, installing some of the the option concepts. Obviously, Hertz's offense is you know completely designed around him. Yeah. Um, but this is the thing he can do. He throws this to he throws this to the Alabama receiver Malcolm Smith, where they got a guy wide open in the middle, but he's just going to take that one on one look and he can drop it in the bucket. And he's just again, you know, the Giants have to be aware they have player playmakers across the the entire field that can just do this damage and. The last thing I want to go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say the last thing I just want to show this Eagles defense, man, because I, I talked about it. 69 sacks. I'm going to re- rattle this off for you. Uh, Hassan Reddick, who they brought in from Carolina, has 16 sacks. Montez Sweat, ha- or Josh Sweat, excuse me, has 11. Brandon Graham, who's in his like 20th year, has 11 sacks, career high. Fletcher Cox, who's in his like 20th year, has seven. Jamal Hardgraves, number 97, who for me was like their best player. Ha- I think he got hurt in the middle of the season, though had only 11 sacks, meaning that I think he could have had 16 as well. I mean, 69, I put, you know, a, a curse word next to this because, like, 69 sacks? Like, what the, what I don't the know hell? How, yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how offensive coordinators in that conference still have their job. I mean, you, you can't – you can't you, – there's no that, – that, that's like an unparalleled number without – especially when you're not talking about a blitzing and stunning team. You're talking about just your four down. You know, it's just – that's unheard of. Like, I'd be worried they, about my job if I was anybody else in the NFC East. You know it's crazy. They they only give up 300 yards a game. They're best in the league giving up yards for yards per game. They're right near the San Francisco one and two, um, but they give up 20 points a game, which is good for eighth in the league. I mean it's it's good, but you know you just you go okay 69 sacks. You're number one in yards allowed, um, but they've always kind of given up a lot in the run game because they'll put six. They they're so good up front right. that they'll play two shell, put six in the box. You know everyone's like, oh we just run on them down the field, and then you know people stop, end up stopping them because their 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 offense. Is, has been so dominant that it's like you're never going to be able to keep up with us. You're going to try. You, you we'll let you. You know, we'll let you burn the clock and, yeah, and get six yards off, and we give two shits. Go ahead, score your twenty points if you're happy about it. We're going to score forty. Number one in the passing game, they only give up 180 yards pass. I mean, this this, this team, the the Giants' offense too. They you know they they're getting they're getting 22 points a game. They're number four in rushing. Obviously, with Saquon Barkley, 148 yards a game uh, on the ground. 
they got a high. I mean, Daniel Jones is having a year. He had a great week last week. He, you know, sixty-seven percent completion team in general. He did, he's their their last in throwing picks. I think Daniel Jones only has five picks on the entire season. When they say just a couple weeks ago, they're saying he was a bust. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Well, it's a new coach, right? It's, it's yeah. It's Dable's another guy who could be up for coach of the year. You know, because it's you have all this. You've accumulated all this talent. Andrew Thomas. Uh, they get Thibodeau this year. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is how we're supposed to use. If these you players. get someone, oh. you get the chef who can put get the right mixture and right balance of whatever it is can make the same team be a lot better the next year, even if it is the same core. The the question is, can you know? Obviously, they're going to try to run the ball probably fifty percent of the time. The Giants, as long as the game's close. And the question That's is, just, like, that was that. Go, go back. Can you rewind that? Yeah. That okay, you see that nine times out of ten in this league, a guy a guy backs doors like that. He yeah. doesn't have the that burst to he makes that inside step and then bursts out and tackles him in the backfield. The back should be able to outrun that, but that's just a, a hell of a play by whatever whatever that is. That's not yeah, that's not toxic. No, no, this is ninety three. So what there's there's kind of two things that are interesting here, right? Because you're absolutely you're absolutely right that that's a phenomenal play. But then I then you also notice and I'll show you on the next snap, like he's got that square stance. Where you can go, you can take that big step inside right. or out, and you look at it on this one. So you see ninety three in his stance. And then obviously, like you know, big boy seventy two, the, the the free agent pickup. They're not, he's not going anywhere. But you see, Fletcher Cox is clearly going downhill. You see, Asan Reddick is clearly going downhill. But ninety three, you know, when I talk to offensive linemen now, I'm like, see that stance? What does that mean to you? And they're like, uh, it means they're going to read. I go, oh no, 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 it means he can move one way or another really goddamn fast. That's what <laughs> yeah. like you have to be really on your stuff because if you cross over, this dude will easily back you yeah. and jump outside because just just by you know just by that stance. But Hassan Reddick having 16 sacks. So imagine you get traded. So Carolina, him and Brian Brown are just balling out. They have a good defense, no offense. He gets traded to the Philly uh, to the Eagles. He goes to Temple, so he, he loves being back in the city. And the dude has 16 sacks this season, man. And the guy's just been unstoppable. Well, what's ridiculous? What's this, the subtle things about when you really start? As I stare at this and look more and more, the analytical side of it is you've got the, where they line up. You, and do you say that's a three-four? Do you think it's a five-two? And that's or four-three? Yeah. It's just because those guys are sitting in that gap where he's on the shoulder, he's on the inside shoulder, or is he head up? You know, and you've got different. The guy who's making the determination, usually the center, is trying to determine something based on where, where a guy is lined up eight feet outside of him. It makes it throws in a different wrench in there. Having you have to sit there and think for a second, figure out what it is. Which is yeah, no doubt. Point. And it's like the hardest thing. I don't know for, about you, but like I always thought the hardest the hardest technique to block was a four eye because we're always kind yes. of sitting there going, we're always kind of sitting there going, all right, now why is he in a four eye? Gonna, yeah, yeah, are we going to slip that? Are we going to deuce it? Like what? Like, how do we? And then we, the the team would always want to actually like change the blocking scheme or change the plays that we were going to run because you had to account for, well, they don't want the guard just to block the forward by himself, but then we don't know what to do with the tackle because the tight end needs help because now he's got a nine tech. You know, you start going like, it's just hard, man. And a lot Corrales, of people yeah, Paralysis right? by analysis. That's sometimes yeah, you yeah. overthink. Sometimes you get, that's the thing. That, that's the beauty of it. If you get somebody else thinking, they're not playing. They're not reacting. It's, it's slowing things down a little bit, making their reaction time and execution not as good as it were. But if you get that, just that little, you know, move a guy in at two inches, you know, is that, you know, is that guy, is that, is that a two or a two eye who's lined up over the right guard? You know, it just, it takes a little hesitation and communication where it's a gray area that I know. I mean, remember when Ed Donatel was, when we had him as a defensive yep. coordinator, it's like anytime that safety would come down the, on the backside when they run that over boss, when everybody was shifted strong, the safety would come up in a fuck position. It's like, well, if he's in the A-gap, I know, and if back's in the A-gap, I know he's coming down. It's predicting where it comes. So this is, you know, disguising things, making everybody think a little longer. We're running out of time, so I'll, we'll leave this last one because this is this is another Hassan Riddick sack. But this is kind of what we're talking about as being as you just having an extremely high level of intelligence. Like you played, you played every position on the line, and this right tackle right now. Like when I'm thinking about this, if if I have a hole call, the center makes a hole call, meaning he's just looking at 57, and you have a two eye who's a penetrating player at at the right guard position, the right tackle, like this is just like understanding. I I know that he's been a lifetime left tackle, but you know, if you're going to get outside of that red line with your inside foot in less than in two steps, like you've just created this, this chasm. Yeah. Like, look at that gap. Look yeah. at that hole. Like you, you can't help but get beat. And for some reason in the national football league, coaches continue to be like, no, go short set that guy, go flat set him, go angle set him. Instead of saying like, you know what, dude, you're 330 pounds. If you go out there and he go, he cuts hard inside, he's 250 pounds. He can cut fast. You're going this way. And all of a sudden you want to go back that way and you're too damn big. 
and you there's this huge hole in here. And like this happen this happens at least twice a game with every football team I watch. For, oh, the, it, was, for the exact same reason. It's like, dude, there's a two eye in there. The, the right guard's gone. Do not flat set. You've just opened up this huge space. Well, that's, I mean, the short, you know, just the physics of it. It's the shortest distance between two points. It's always going to be inside a tackle. And I, I mean, everything, every defense basis is trying to get what you want to do with those, with those tackles outside is get them leaning outside, get them leaning outside. Cause it's short, it's faster to get inside of them, but that's the discipline. We always hear them say one more kick, one more kick, one more kick to trying to keep you square to slow it down. But anytime you get put a gap like that, I mean, a 250 pound athlete versus a 350 pound athlete, who thinks going to move quicker? Who's going to get their fat, you know, that's just common. This, like this is what this is what happens when old like when ex players like <laughs> yeah. you, you get old and you watch film. You go because I I literally watch film now and I just go like you go how why, yeah why did I do that you know what I mean like oh yeah. my god but that's, how did I miss that how did that change how yeah did, like, or, or yeah how how did I not even I remember you I can't remember exactly what it is now but you said something to me one time when we were retired and you said it was a, it was a, it, we were at, like I think we were at coach's game he was coaching Del Sol. And you said something to me, and I just remember going like, "I never even thought of that," you know. Oh, well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, like just because you were, you know, the center of the way you thought about things. I went, I went, oh, that would have been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, you know. This the simplest. Sometimes the simplest things. You're, everybody's wired differently. How you can see, th- I just, I just like it makes no sense to me. It may, what makes clear sense to me sometimes doesn't make sense to other people, and everything else. I'm not the only one, but like. I remember I did it in Houston a couple of times where they chose defense we'd never seen before, but I, it falls within these rules that we had forever. Yeah. They, yeah. they cover, you know, hey, make the call, get everybody on it, and then told not to do it because they don't think I could do it again or don't think everybody could get on the same page again. I'm like, we well, that's did why it. I'm here. That's, yeah, I know. That's, that, that's why you that's, brought me in. What do you think? I, you think I lasted 12 years because I was good? No, because I could communicate. <laughs> uh, my man, listen, uh, Mike, we're gonna get out of here. Um, Everybody, uh, Mike Flanagan is not on social media. That's why it just says Flanagan there. He's he's gone into the uh, one word name, uh, but uh, you can. It's the, I, I, we could tell a crazy TikTok story about how I somehow started following your daughter. Oh, that's just we'll leave that one for another time. So, you almost you almost have to explain it because it sounds so bad. <laughs> no, no. I'll, I'll leave I'll leave it up I'll leave it up to people's imagination. Oh, Listen, God. thanks everybody okay, for listening. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Find me on uh, Mike Wall sixty eight on uh, Twitter. You can check this out in the process to perform channel on YouTube. Mike, thank you so much for being here. It was an absolute pleasure. I uh, hope you enjoy man. the football this weekend, man. All right, have a good one. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.